hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Back Row, the official podcast of back-row.com, champions of unsung and underrated cinema. This is Cream of the Crud, where Carlo and I talk about what we've been watching, news of notable physical releases and Blu-rays, movies we've screened online, and much more. It's a potpourri of podcasting for the cinematically deranged. I am your co-host, as always, Dan Gorman, and I am here with... Carlo. Carlo, what's up? So for you, nothing. I'm excited to talk about movies. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, been uh, <laughs> watching some stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll get to it. Otherwise, I, feel like, I don't know. Not not a yeah, whole lot going on. <laughs> I feel like today's episode is going to be like a like last episode we talked about a lot of Hong Kong mm-hmm. stuff. I feel like we can circle back on it a little bit. Too yeah, because, yeah, yeah, mm, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I saw some more, and then you know, after we talked about Magic Crystal, yeah, um, like for like two or three other podcasts around the same time, also we're talking about Wang Jing. Wang Jing, yeah, I know Important Cinema Club talked about him, but I don't know about any other podcasts. There was somebody else in the in the Twitter comments that was like, "We just did a show also about oh, Wang damn. Jing," and I was like, "Whoa, That's it's crazy. on everybody's mind." <laughs> That's weird. Why? I mean, there's no Wang Jing news. It's yeah. just like the star the stars aligned <laughs> for Wang Jing movie watching. The Wang Jing hive hive minded. <laughs> we hived, yeah. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um so before we get to today's discussions, let's pop in a cassette and see what we've been screening. So recently we watched a movie called Doorman from 1986 over in the Crud Buddies uh, screening room. You can go to crudbuddies.club and find all the information there um, about when we do our Sunday morning screenings. Um, And that was directed by Gary Youngman. (laughs) (laughs) Youngman. Youngman. Directing a movie called Doorman. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Watched by a man called Gorman. Gorman. <laughs> Got all the men in here. And I've yeah, been watching yeah. Ultraman. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's a whole different yeah. subject. Yeah, I didn't see Doorman. How was Doorman? Tell me about Doorman. So, so Doorman, I spent the whole movie knowing that it stars Bradley Whitford, um, okay. who you would know from Get Out, Cabin in the Woods. He was in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know who now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like like the dad in Get Out, who's like, yeah, I would have voted for Obama or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. everyone knows that guy. <laughs> and and so like, I knew that that was the name of the guy in the movie, mm-hmm. but it wasn't till like the end of the movie where I was like, oh, Bradley Whitford, what? That's that guy. <laughs> like, I, I don't yeah. know. I just made a connection where I realized who he actually was. I mean, when you said um, the name just now, Bradley Whitford, I was like, fuck, who's Bradley Whitford again? Yeah. But then you say the, yeah. the, the get uh, uh, get out. Um, yeah. 
I, yeah. I, I remember. So it starts him. He's really young in the movie. Yeah, and what, he's what, what year do- is Doorman from? Sorry. It's, it's from 1986. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's young. It's about a guy who's a doorman and the other doormen <laughs> in the city are getting murdered and their necks are getting snapped. Um, <laughs> very specific. It's a, it, the, the kills are all funny too, because they're like a guy will be standing there and an arm will kind of come out from around the corner and be like, zip and like snap their neck really quickly. It's like, <laughs> it's like they're like one handing people's necks or something. It's like really ridiculous. It sounds like some old school vaudeville theater joke. <laughs> yeah. Whether yeah. Will someone off screen, but totally. Yeah. yeah. It's a, is it the slasher movie? No. So what okay. this is, is it's a made for television like thriller. I see. Okay. So it, it it's like the, the so art on Letterboxd makes it look horror. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. Yeah. For no, sure. it's very, very tame. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Made for TV. It, it, so. Made for, it is a hundred percent a cozy <laughs> made for TV thriller okay. whodunit with not, you know, there's like, I think a car chase here or there, just mostly this guy teaming up with a woman trying to figure out like, why are all these doormen getting their necks snapped? And what does it have to do with these like packages that have been arriving at these, you know, fancy buildings. Mm-hmm. And I think I said in my letterbox review, if, if you are attuned to the charms of a cozy three star down the middle television <laughs> movie, you will, this would be just fine to put on on a Saturday or Sunday uh-huh. when you need something undemanding. Yeah. Like I was charmed by it. I didn't love it, but I think all of us kind of landed in that three star area. of mm-hmm. like, that is not bad. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. Like the TV movie cozy thing. Like you're not expecting to be blown away, but mm-hmm. that three star sweet spot. That's yeah. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's worth a look if you like that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's not one that I would say to shove it to the top of your watch. Yeah. List. <laughs> yeah. If you're in the mood for that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But this is, is this available beyond VHS? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not yet then. <laughs> it's available on YouTube. Yeah. Thanks yeah. to Cred Buddies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's a VHS version, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a VHS okay. rip. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and now. then. Coming soon, we will have probably by the time this dropped, just watch 1995's Playing Dangerous, which is a uh, which is a Home Alone ripoff that was um, <laughs> people people have been saying. Imagine if Home Alone was rated R. <laughs> That's what this movie is. Is it rated R? I think it might be. Oh, I don't. Okay. I, I know that they edited it down for VHS to remove the killing. Um, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I think it's it's like closer to a, I mean, a, a rating. If like there's that. killing, then it's definitely harder <laughs> than Home yeah. Alone. <laughs> yeah. Like it opens with a guy getting shot. Okay. <laughs> um. So that looks like weird. Like it's. I think it's one of those. Who was this made for? It's not. Yeah. 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 It's too kitty for adults, but too it's adult just, for kitties. <laughs> what? What? What's? Uh, do you have any information about the release of this? Is this like uh, a straight to video? Uh, is it only on VHS? That kind of thing? Because this, I've never heard of this one. I think it's only on VHS again. Okay. There might have been a DVD release. Mm. Um, mm. I I don't think it was made for video. I think it came. Maybe it came out theatrical. I'll check now on. Uh, What's the title again? Playing dangerous. Playing dangerous. Uh, from, yeah. from from what year is this? Nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. Okay. Um, yeah, you know what? It might have been. 
It might have been. And is there like anyone in theaters in this that we might uh, know? The kid from Mikey. Is is he like the main kid? The Mikey yeah, kid I think is like, so. oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, already I don't trust him because I've seen Mikey. <laughs> I know I know what he is capable of. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the kid from Mikey. Maybe is maybe it? not. I mean, the the actor is called Mikey. Yeah, but on, <laughs> Maybe that's on the IMDb, thinking. there's a little a little um, sticker on the cover that says, like, in another language, something, something, Kevin, something, Mikey. Uh, I'm looking at his filmography now, and he is not in Mikey. Damn it. Well, look at that cover on IMDb. It makes you really think that, that, that this is a kid from Mikey, don't you think? <laughs> sure, but what does that even say? Oh, it's German. So, yeah. I don't know. And and it's fuzzy. I can't tell what that says. It says yada yada Kevin, yada yada Mikey, and yeah. Listeners, believe me, it looks like the <laughs> the logo of Mikey. It looks like the little bloody word Mikey. Come on. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely like referring to the movie Mikey, but yeah, it's it's not You'll the love actor. This if you liked Mikey, <laughs> I mean the, the, the actor, the kid actor is called Mikey LeBeau, but yeah. that's that's it. And he's been in. Man, he was he's mostly active in 1990. He did four movies in 1995. He also did Playing Dangerous 2. There's there's a sequel, did you know? I did. Oh, okay, you did. Damn. <laughs> if it's good enough, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it warranted a sequel, that in itself yeah. I find surprising. What about the who who produced this? This feels like some you know when PM was trying to get into like the kit movie market it does feel like that a little bit like that kung fu yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, movie that we yeah the karate kid the, movie we like watched. the magic kid or something you've got yeah. a couple of those uh yeah yeah it, it sort of looks like that <laughs> <laughs> well we'll let you know on the next episode yeah. how good it was yeah. um <laughs> so playing dangerous 1995 listener Go look at that sticker. I swear. I also want now. I want to find a higher res. Yeah, thing yeah, same. I want to say. Want to. See. I want to know what it says. Like in if if it's if it wasn't so fuzzy, I could probably tell what. Like my German isn't perfect or anything, but I can sort mm -hmm. of more or less make out what yeah. that would say if and it wasn't so is, low res. Is Kevin? Uh, is that a German word or is that a name? Because no. I'm looking at the I'm. The German word Kevin. No, that's that's just probably like a home alone. But reference. there's no Kevins in the movie. I, I think this says like it, clever V Kevin. So he's smarter than Kevin. Oh, he's smarter than Kevin and more dangerous yeah, than Mikey I or something that's like that. What it says. Oh my god. <laughs> Kevin from Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> we we cracked it. <laughs> we did. And <laughs> hype up for playing so, dangerous. Yeah, if you <laughs> want to watch this movie with us go back in time and find out if he's you know as smart as kevin or more dangerous than mikey <laughs> i mean it's, it will still be on youtube so you can always catch up like you're yeah it's too true. late to watch yeah. it live with us i'm i'm looking at <laughs> i'm looking at this director now what what he did uh lawrence lanoff and he did mostly did like playboy movies he's so, smarter than kevin and sexier than <laughs> shannon tweed i don't know shannon, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but as uh, it's always uh, under an alias, those or, or like maybe Lawrence Lanov is his alias. I am not sure, but it's a different name. All the Playboy stuff, but yeah. that's yeah, weird combination of yeah. I'm interested. I'm know, intrigued to see how weird it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is something. Yeah, he also did the Shadow um, Tweed movie. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So. 
go to crowdbuddies.club, find our screening uh, schedule for the future, and you can also find the Discord there where we talk about this stuff. So check it out. And it for out. now, let's get into our calls. In the aforementioned Discord and on Twitter, uh, which you'll find in the show notes, you can let us know things that you want us to talk about. Um, and we will talk about those things. And today, uh, first off, thank you to Dylan G for reaching out and just on Twitter saying, I feel like not enough can be said about Rockula, <laughs> which, <laughs> hey, I agree. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been a while since I've seen Rockula, so I don't uh, immediately know what to say about Rockula other than yeah. I remember when I watched that, it was not out on Blu-ray or anything yet. And uh even if I go on Letterboxd now and I, I check which of my mutuals had seen it before I had gotten to it, and it's like two people. Yeah. But since then, I don't know, like 15 more. <laughs> so yeah. I feel I'm partially responsible uh, for, I don't know, that and the Blu-ray coming out probably too. But I remember when I watched that, I liked it. Uh, if you've been listening to us, Scream of the Crud or Hose of Horror for a while, you know the backstory. You know I did a double bill with Night of the Dribbler, which yeah. always comes <laughs> up as well. Uh, and I always think maybe I liked Rockula because Night of the Dribbler was such a terrible experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, I should re-watch Rockula. It's been like, I don't know, I want to say like almost five years mm -hmm. since I've seen it. Yeah, it's actually been five years since I saw Rockula. Yeah, and, and I've seen and a lot of movies since then. Early notes from the back row. We used to use music from Rockula. Oh, yeah, um, that's true. Because it was kind of an inside joke thing. But I didn't even I, realize I until it. you told me. <laughs> yeah, I snuck it in there. Yeah, you really did. Uh, I, I watched it after you did and hated it. And yeah, then... I'm, I'm seeing like the activity. It's like I watched it and then the next person who's seen it from my mutuals is you. So it's definitely yeah. my fault. <laughs> I immediately did go watch it mm -hmm. and was like ready to love it, but did not no. like it at all. <laughs> um, and then, but, but in my mind, I was like, I'd like to see this again. I think I said it on my review. Like I, I want to yeah. find a better copy of this. Yeah. And then it did come out on Blu-ray. And so it I have actually did. Yeah. <laughs> I have actually watched the, uh, a high, uh, you know, res copy of this mm -hmm. in, in recently, I think in like March of 2022. And, and I liked it more. I think I went up from like one star to three stars. Yeah, you doubled but, the one point yeah. five to three. So that's a big yeah, jump. I just for a movie you hate it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll watch it in a few more in the years, and it'll be five stars. Well, but, it, it has to double up again, so it has to be six star. So we'll have yeah. to find a different site, or you will have to state in your review. This is actually a six star review now. Yeah. <laughs> the the review will just be a little emoji of a star to add the yeah, sixth yeah, yeah. one and that's it <laughs> that works sure <laughs> yeah i i just i struggle with rockula because like it's it's like, no i get it <laughs> like tony basil's really great in it the music is so like hilarious and fun and just the concept of it is really ridiculous but there's a real pacing problem with that movie mm. where every time i've watched it those two times I get like 45 minutes into the movie and mm -hmm. it's like starts to drag. And then I look at my watch and I'm like, how is there still like an hour something left in this movie? Holy shit. <laughs> but, yeah. There's, but the movie is uh, only 87 minutes and there's, I don't know. Field mail, it felt, it feels like two hours when I watched it. <laughs> yeah. That's probably because you're not really enjoying it 
to the but i like elements of it i do yeah no i get it uh it, it's I, look i'm not claiming this is a perfect movie it's a dumb chef movie yeah. but um i don't know i like it in the vein that i like stuff like i don't know vice academy i'm like this is it's, yeah it's knowingly lame and stupid but if you're on that wavelength that you know i don't know like there will probably be days when i watch that kind of stuff and i will yeah I might not be into it. As I'm saying this, I'm like, I don't know. I'm always down for stupid shit. So <laughs> No, it's it is and it's fun and there's a lot of really amazing 1990s fashion in it and the stupid rap like song. A, yeah, and Thomas Dolby is in there and mm -hmm. Susan Tyrell, Susan Tyrell and Bo Diddley. Always amazing. Like it, like there's a lot that I enjoy about it, but I just mm -hmm. those two times that I watched it, I just found it dragged on for an 87 minute. Like I want this to feel like <laughs> a 60 minute movie. Yeah, at make, that, make minutes, that edit, you know, cut it down. <laughs> no, I just, I wish it was breezier, I guess. I don't know. Something mm. happens in the pacing of it that yeah, drags it down. But mm. if you haven't seen it, you should. Yeah. I, again, if you like stupid shit, you might, you might enjoy this. It's, no, it's anyone like, who hears this has to go watch it. No, that's true. Actually, <laughs> like, yeah, if, if you're listening to this specific podcast, you kind of, yeah, kind of have to, you know, you're I, now I, legally required. Like, even if you hate it, you're, you owe it to us to, mm -hmm. to watch to watch rockula um, exactly yeah yeah i don't i don't really remember any point getting bored by it because yeah. i also just didn't have any expectations of this movie mm -hmm. and, and going into it like i had just watched the most the worst paced movie <laughs> in history so yeah again i feel like i should rewatch it and see if there's like any pace pacing issues but uh I don't know. For me, that's I don't I don't often get that when I watch a movie uh, that I'm like, oh man, this has real pacing issues. I'm I'm like pretty easy in that sense. Mm -hmm. That I don't know. I, I'm 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 more forgiving to a movie that will lull, lull me into a <laughs> just a comfy uh, eyes glazing over, yeah, watching the visuals kind of thing. I guess I don't know. So here's a question: What in what world or or what movie would you have to watch before Night of the Dribbler to make Night of the Dribbler good? <laughs> uh, like, because uh, I was thinking, my mind was like, well, maybe we'd do a double feature and reverse them and watch, you know, <laughs> watch Rockula first, so that maybe you'll like the other one more. But then I was like, no, you'd still be disappointed. <laughs> I don't know if there's a movie that you can just. There's no universe or no yeah. pairing possible with Night of the Dribbler that I can think of like right away. There's watch it twice. Like watch Night of the Dribbler and then when you watch it a second time you'll be like, "Well, at least I I was not watching that one." <laughs> and then you'll be like, "Oh wait, no." I mean, I will say this, like as as bad as Night of the Dribbler was, I I don't think I hated it. I was just like very, very bored and kind of annoyed. Yeah. But there's like probably movies I hate compared to it. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's hard. Like there's movies that I hate for different reasons, I suppose, than just being yeah. like very, very, very lame comedy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, well, um, speaking of movies we hate, <laughs> let's get to another question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. About movies we don't hate, I think. Oh. Uh, do you actually, is uh, this like actually in a segue or are you just like bullshitting now? I'm just bullshitting trying to reach for a segue. <laughs> okay, good. I, I yeah. respect that. 
Yeah. So uh, VRS Tallow says, what is the best type of extra, uh, for example, deleted scenes or a commentary track uh, on physical media releases? And then he mm. says, and why are they bloopers involving Brian Blessed? But um, I, I would say that I do really enjoy commentary tracks. Mm. Um, and I and I wish I had a, a disc drive because I know that uh, Justin DeClue of Important Cinema Club talks often about ripping the audio and listening to them like yeah, the podcasts, yeah, yeah. Yeah. which I would do way more often if I had that, you know, ability to do that. Um, yeah, that's, I do that's, find. That's... Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Go I, ahead. Go ahead. I just do find that when I watch a movie on Blu-ray, usually I like I'll buy it and I'll watch the movie just sort of straight up and then. I'll end up waiting a really long time to watch it with the uh -huh. commentary track. Cause I'm like, well, yeah. you just watched it yesterday or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, same. Like, uh, I, I do find that like commentary tracks and just like extras in general. And then I mean, in that case, commentary tracks and interviews, um, yeah. when I'm preparing a podcast on a subject that maybe doesn't necessarily require me to watch those movies, but I don't know. They're like, uh good for research but like on yeah. my own if i have no incentive i will very rarely put on a uh, an audio commentary yeah so you know but, he, but so, they are good because you're like learning a lot from the people who worked on yeah. it and there's like there's basically trivia in there and who doesn't love trivia totally you know and <laughs> and this is a little outside of the question but one thing that i actually irks me about um bonus features is I love a making of, but mm. so many times you put a making of on after you've watched the movie and they will lean really heavily on using clips from the movie that you just watched. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they'll put like a two minute clip in there yeah, and I'll be like, yeah. I just watched this movie. I do. So I would much rather prefer a shorter uh, mm -hmm. making of where yeah. in instead of cutting to a clip itself, you just cut to the clip without the audio with the per and then leave the audio of the interview over top of it and then come yeah, back yeah, to the yeah, talking yeah. head. Like, like yeah. I don't need to see like a bunch of like, like clips from the movie. You know, people watching this are going to have just watched the movie. 90% of them, I feel like. So yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. Like you say, like you watch a movie, but then you don't necessarily immediately watch the special features, but then at one point you're maybe like, I don't know, like remembering a movie thinking I really want to rewatch or not necessarily rewatch. Like I remember I did mm. that for, for, uh, for Robocop at one point I have like this yeah. trilogy Blu-ray set and I had just probably seen like Robocop a couple of months earlier, but I was like, I don't know, like pretty obsessed again with Robocop and I'd seen it so much in my life. I was like, I want to know just like kind of bathe in the <laughs> Robocop world yeah. without necessarily watching the movie. So I just started watching all of the extras on my Blu-ray. And I don't know, I'm sure there were a bunch of clips like recycled. And that, yeah, and it didn't matter. At that point, you, you, yeah. you don't really care because, I don't know, it, you, you yeah. not just watch the movie. So it's fine. It's fair. I just feel like when I get a Blu-ray, I'll watch the I'll watch the movie, mm -hmm. and then I usually will immediately watch either like if they have an interview with somebody, like a an actor mm -hmm. or a director, they have those like twenty minute interview videos, yeah, or yeah, yeah. or they have like a making of. I'll I'll put those on right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Generally, yeah, yeah I'm but, I'm sure there's like tons of special features on every blue. Uh, yeah, I I feel like I mostly get like. 
uh, Blu-rays with lots of extra stuff, you know, like yeah. all those Hong Kong releases. I'm sure there's really cool stuff on the, on there, but there's so much is left unwatched still. And yeah, man, I don't know. It's uh, it takes up it takes up so much time. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I can be watching an, uh, a movie I haven't seen yet, or so much other stuff. And true, true. It, it's sort of it's not necessarily priority maybe i don't know mm. yeah yeah that's fair yeah uh, w- um, one thing i did think about like when you're yeah. asked this question was um one thing that's really cool and like most movies don't even have it as a special feature or whatever but alternate endings yeah that that's really cool because like i remember i remember the first time i got like uh the evil death trilogy on blu-ray or it might have been like just army of darkness on on um not not, not even blu-ray uh back in dvd era uh and the first time i saw that uh, army of darkness alternate ending with the where he wakes up in way way uh too late basically post-apocalyptic yeah totally man that was so cool and my mind was yeah. blown just seeing that i'm like, like what <laughs> i'm like okay the supermarket shit is cool as well but i I'm, I'm glad that both exist and i've been able to see both um that yeah. one and little shop of horrors oh that is an amazing uh that like where they where they yeah. put the real big like ending back yeah, on yeah, it yeah 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 that that is the kind of ending where you're like you robbed people by not showing this. <laughs> yeah. not, not just like the people, the audience, but the people who made that shit because there's so much work in there, like way oh more my God. in terms of practical effects than you see almost yeah. in, in the rest of the movie. They, they, they just go crazy there at the end. And yeah. I, I saw that for the first time at a screening. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So that was wicked. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I like alternate cuts and stuff of a movie. I I do sometimes. Um, I'm not trying to be negative about all this shit, but I do sometimes <laughs> when like a when a, when a different cut is included. Sometimes I wish there was like a sentence on screen that just describes the differences. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. little bit because you're like, I don't know which one to watch. I got to go like search up on the internet which is the one you know if it just said like this one has more dialogue and more character you know or this one has extra you know seconds in the slasher scenes or something that just says like why i should watch it (laughs) yeah it's true it's sometimes hard to tell unless it's a movie you've seen like already like 20 30 times then you will be able to tell but sometimes the different i love that yeah it's 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 cool though but sometimes the differences are so minor and Mm -hmm. also like when you it, it's it's kind of annoying. Like when you put a movie on, you ha- you have a Blu-ray and it's, it's, it says like uh, three different cuts, and then you're like, okay, but which one do I watch first? How should I yeah. start this? <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's annoying. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I love the idea that like you, you know you can go out and get a Blu-ray of the Mario movie, and they have the work print <laughs> version on there. You know, and it's yeah, like yeah, that's, that's something super that cool. we heard about for years and was mm-hmm. never available. And now I can just fucking go watch it. <laughs> yeah, I should Love get it. that Blu-ray, but it's yeah, isn't it like only region? What is it? One? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I should look into that because yeah. I, I, <laughs> the I, I, like... I know that the people that got the work print also put it up on um, archive.org. Oh, archive. So I know yeah, that that's they, true. They did work with the Blu-ray people. I think they were asked to to, to put it on. So I, like you can you can go buy the Blu-ray and get it. But also if you are just interested to see like what is this work print all about, and mm-hmm. you can also you know go. It's not you know 
It's not but like that, you're pirating that, that, a movie or whatever. That, that <laughs> Blu-ray that has that work print, did that even come out? Because I'm on Blu-ray.com now. I'm not seeing like any release. Maybe it's that, not out yet. Yeah, there's no release that that happened recently. There's like one with a with like the date blanked out for mm. the United States. And yeah, that yeah might because be I just it. listened to when, an episode like of. Okay. I listened to an episode of Retronauts with the guys that run the website that got the work print. And they said okay. like, yeah, we, we got w- involved with the company. Was it umbrella? Hmm, maybe. maybe. Oh yeah. Umbrella has it. Uh, oh yeah. It came out in October of last year. So yeah, that must okay. be the that's one that has, and that's, that's a, that's a, a region free Blu-ray as well. Yeah. And I think I might order that. <laughs> yeah. It says uh, umbrella extended work print with deleted scenes. Yeah. That's nice. The one. Nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 I always forg- forget that umbrella is a thing and, uh, they are <laughs> well, Aust- Australian Blu-rays are region B, but I feel like umbrella is o- often just region free. So it's, uh yeah. yeah see yeah on the back it says extended work and for delete scenes cool yeah there you go nice yeah <laughs> hmm. um and then uh rudadel on discord said any disappointing celebrity experiences or fallen idol experiences i think they'd mentioned some people who had recently you know said some yeah, dumb yeah, things yeah. or whatever they yeah. also said positive experiences you know as yeah, well yeah, and yeah. i I couldn't, I'm trying to think of like people that I've met where I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> like I'm excited <laughs> yeah, I, to meet I'm, you. I feel like I haven't done a lot of that. Hmm. Like the only one I can think of that I, I, I didn't meet them in person, but I did a podcast with Carmen Capobianco yes, from yeah. Psychos in Love. And, and that was a really cool experience. I don't know if I would call him a hero of mine but but i really love that movie psychos in love and and talking with him was such a cool experience and um he was just like a very i don't know positive and funny guy despite that was an amazing interview yeah, yeah. D- despite the fact that he was you know struggling with his with his illness uh at the time um he just remained positive until the end uh all right yeah uh, by oh the my way. god but th- th- that was yeah. a really cool experience um in terms of yeah totally uh, and like it's not a big name I, celebrity, but for me, it was super cool. No, but that's super cool. It's like the same thing with like when I did, um, uh, what's his name from tracks? Uh, oh yeah. Shadow. Shadow Stevens. Like, like Shadow Stevens isn't a hero of mine, but I liked, uh, I liked Hollywood squares a lot growing up and, mm-hmm. and they were very similar. Like, like there was a lot to that interview and to their output that they're putting out now. That's maybe not for me where they like, they have like that podcast. That's kind of a little like crunchy psychedelic mm-hmm. granola kind of yeah, stuff, yeah. but the through line <laughs> to their sort of career of just like always wanting to do the work and put out weird things. It was very like cool that he was willing to sit down and like, just chat with me about it. And like, yeah, I found yeah, that yeah. that was really cool. Like whenever you reach out to somebody and they're like, sure, I'll talk to you. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it makes you want to do that more. <laughs> yeah, you never know what to expect. But then um, I don't know. Those people you just notice they're just happy that people are still taking an interest, that their stuff is sort of like uh, timeless still to a lot of people. And they're just, yeah. I don't know, must must feel I, nice to not be forgotten about the stuff yeah. that you made. I, I like it, that it, a lot about Alan Arkish. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's cool. Yeah. 
because like yeah. they have like a letterboxed and I went to a screening where yeah. they were on a Q a video Q and a and like they yeah, just yeah, yeah. seemed to, like I I enjoy that they will go on letterbox and review Caddyshack 2 and be like oh my god yeah. I made this movie like <laughs> but still have like a sense of humor about it and not you know yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> um, yeah self-aware enough about it <laughs> yeah i know that the uh people at new world pictures podcast like asked somebody to discuss the director of um uh crystal heart crystal heart to talk yeah, about yeah. it and that yeah. director was like no thank you <laughs> and that sucks like i want to know like even if it, they don't like it or it was a bad mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know i want to know what what's going on with that <laughs> yeah i don't know like yeah yeah it's it's hard to say what's going on in their mind like are there are they yeah, ashamed maybe it's or, a sore subject or yeah yeah it might be a sore subject but you know uh i don't know like try to have some self sense of humor about yourself like be <laughs> be happy that people are still taking interest and this is not like i don't know like he probably doesn't know like where people are coming from he's like are they just want to make do they just want to make fun make of me? fun of this but, yeah you know it's from a sincere place i know like the new world pictures podcast they those are like they'll just like generally uh genuinely love that movie and yeah. they want to yeah. know stuff about that movie so yeah. i don't know yeah about like communication with uh that director might have just not been possible to do like directly and like properly explain like no yeah, we're like totally. into that movie and <laughs> um but yeah like if you don't get even get the chance to explain your <laughs> motivation or whatever that's, that's yeah that's too bad but totally there's 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 people like that and they they want to be left alone and that's you know that that's that's fair yeah yeah that's fair absolutely like i know the i haven't seen the extras of like new york ninja but i know from other people who've seen it that they try to uh, there there might be like an interview or something with John Liu on there, but mm. the gist of what I got from that was that he was not interested in, you know, this whole process that Vinegar Syndrome yeah. uh, put so much work into, like uh, bringing that movie back and and everything that they did. And he was like, no, I'm I'm fine here in I think like Vietnam or something, like fishing on his boat. Like he just didn't want to have anything to do with it anymore. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, yeah. okay. You know, that's that's up to yeah. you, but feel totally. like you're missing missing out a little, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's gotta no. be tough when, you know, especially the thing could be in their mind like, oh, I have to revisit this thing that like I perceive to be a failure, you know, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see mm. that being tough for sure. Um Yeah. You but, know, it's uh, hard to know what's going on yeah. in their minds, but Yeah. And what, and what so speaking of going on in our minds. Let's talk about yeah. physical media. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> uh, Good one. Lots of uh, Hong Kong cinema coming Again? out from 88 films, eh? Oh, yeah. More stuff confirmed, uh, I, I guess. Was it uh, Tiger Cage 1 and 1, 2, and 3? Yep, on those the run. are. Yep. Uh, writing wrongs writing as well. Wrongs. Um, all of those are now available to pre-order on Amazon. Um, I, I haven't seen like 88 films tweet about this stuff and they're mm -hmm. not available for pre-order on the 88 film site, but the listings are on Amazon. You can pre-order them. I did that for, uh, only the tiger cage trilogy at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I felt like there was so much like hitting at the same time. Like I saw that the, the pre-orders for, uh, drive the Mark, the movie. And oh yes. 
the Seventh Curse, which is a Lam Nai Choi movie with Chow Yun Fat, mm-hmm. uh, and Marshall Club, the Lao Kar Lung movie. Those three, those pre-orders are up on Amazon UK as well now. So all of a sudden, there's like five or six Blu-rays that I that I will buy at one point, but I'm like, oh, this is a lot at, at once. So I'm just <laughs> going to put this on my wish list for now, and then we'll see. Um, I definitely don't want to miss out on like the first editions, like the, you know, I, I like the slipcase, uh, slipcover or whatever yeah. you want to call it. I like that stuff. I want that. I want everything that's in there, the posters, the lobby cards. I don't know what's in which edition just yet, but <laughs> uh, so far I've only just pre-ordered uh, Tiger Cage one. Two, mm-hmm. three. So, but yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I, I mean, writing wrongs, I'm considered just because I know that that's a big one that. That's a big one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, I don't think Blue I've Ray. seen it either. Oh, really? Oh, man. That's, I can't uh, remember. I don't think yeah, I Corey Yoon directed, starring Yoon Byu and Cynthia Rothrock. It might be Cynthia Rothrock's best movie that she is in. Okay. I think so, yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I have been meaning that's what that's another big one that yeah, I haven't seen. Yeah. She's in it a lot and I don't know, like the combination with like her and Yumbu fighting, uh she's gone on record several times saying like the the fights that I had with him were like some of the best work I've ever done because he's such an incredible performer and they they really hit it off like even with the language barrier, she's always said like uh the thing, the rapport I had with Yumbu, just uh, like in the action scenes, uh, she she never had that again, um, and and you can tell like it's it's just some just next level stuff, choreographed by Corey Yoon. Um, so it's super exciting that Riding Wrongs will uh, finally be available for the first time on Blu-ray. I I had a DVD from, or I, I might still have it. I don't know from. It might be like Dragon Dynasty. Uh, who put out some stuff, uh, Hong Kong movies and and the United mm. States? Uh, but that's like the the Weinstein, you know, they put that stuff out. Um, uh, but other than that, yeah, uh, I don't think no. I, I I'm I'm pretty sure it never came out on like Hong Kong Legends. Um, mm. but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, highly recommend nice. that one. <laughs> Yeah, so a bunch of stuff from 88 Films. I did also want to bring up um, from Visual Vengeance, which is like, I guess, a, a sister label it. to Wild Eye releasing. Hmm. Um, they're putting out Suburban Sasquatch from 2004, which, you know, is a is a really kind of notorious cult movie. You Lots of people have probably seen pictures from this movie with like, there's a Sasquatch with these like... Uh, boobs kind of <laughs> boobs <laughs> like I don't, I don't know i haven't seen it <laughs> no you've never so if you search for suburban sasquatch okay, like i've seen a, maybe me do this. just because people have have posted it around a lot but maybe if i see the image that you're talking about i will know what you mean but uh yeah if you search for suburban oh, sasquatch and go to images yeah. oh yeah. yeah actually yeah 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 i've seen this okay i've, I've not yeah, seen this movie like... but yeah <laughs> Totally. I like like that's I feel like that, Matt, that. Matt watched this one for like Squatch Vember last year. Possibly. I feel like he yeah. did or maybe he didn't. I don't know. I'm just like yeah. checking like Leatherbox real quick, but it no, was uh, no, I don't think he watched it, but he, I know okay. they covered a movie by the director called Fungicide. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, they did. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is like, you know, they did it on riff tracks and people mm-hmm. have been kind of talking about it. I still haven't seen it, but just kind of um, one of those things where it's like, what a wild one to get a Blu-ray release. And it seems like <laughs> Visual Vengeance as a label is doing that kind of really offbeat stuff. Yeah, um, okay. Because they, they are also putting out a movie called uh, L.A. AIDS Jabber. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that title and I was like, what the hell? And yeah. I just looked it up on Letterboxd and I'm like, this is actually a movie. <laughs> the title is so yeah, you're intense. Like, what the hell? It's like totally. It's like also it's a '90s movie uh-huh. from 1994. So like they're do they're they're doing some deep pulls into some weird stuff. And that's, yeah, that's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't know if it's any good, but I like but, I, I I know that for, uh, the people that I know on Letterbox who've seen it, it's only Justin, and he did not like it. Um, no. No, I think he gave it like a 1.5 <laughs> or something. Oh, yeah interesting yeah yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> well that's a weird one but uh do you know what has good scores our segment where we talk about movies that we've been watching <laughs> sometimes yeah Crud! oh it's our cruddy recommendations corner yeah yeah um, i feel like usually we don't talk about stuff we hate do we like it's it's definitely not usually it's definitely recommendations not like recommendations to stay away from a certain movie yeah like actually i think last time i talked this. about that michael bay movie oh, i didn't love but yeah yeah that's yeah true. but generally we try to keep it positive sure yeah for um, sure Got i i i do want to before we get into our recommendations just to to cap off our previous episode about wong jing mm. um mention uh, that i did watch you're talking about capping it off but i i have something myself so okay it won't be over okay. just yet but yeah go ahead go okay ahead. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say, like, I did go and watch High Risk from 1995 and nice. Future Cops from 1993. Nice. And as you joked on Letterboxd, I am Wong Jing pilled now. <laughs> it, I love both of those movies. They are yeah, so good. They're good. Um, good times. <laughs> Future Cops is just bonkers. It's yeah, just... I know. <laughs> I mean. But High Risk, too. Like, yeah, I really yeah, yeah, liked High sure. Risk. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, uh, <laughs> they're, they're both quite cartoonish. But yeah, uh, Future Cops has the whole like everyone's in like costumes and supposed to be Street Fighter characters, and there's a sci-fi angle. Meanwhile, High Risk mm-hmm. is more like you know uh, a bit more down to earth, just a die-hard clone. But everything is just turned up to eleven. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, Future Cops is like so turned up to eleven, the knob broke. Yeah, yeah, it's and, not just eleven. It's yeah. like <laughs> you can't even read the number anymore. It's just yeah. yeah. High risk is like yeah, it does have just like an action movie thing going on mm-hmm. with a bunch of silliness too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But high recommendations yeah. on both of those from me. Nice. Are you gonna watch anything else, Wang Jing? Do you have anything left where you're like, uh, I want to check this out too soonish or not really uh, like priority well, maybe. I I am interested in City Hunter just to see like what mm, happened. You've what never happened seen it there. then? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Okay. Um and then I know that people talk about God of Gamblers a lot too and so I, you know I might mm-hmm. watch both of those. I know that they but I think both of those movies can get pretty like um divisive reviews in terms of you know them act- I feel like they're, ex- they're, they're especially the- City Hunter but maybe that's just because more people have seen City Hunter that the divisiveness is is like more noticeable uh whereas yeah. God of Gamblers I don't know if that ev- like ever officially even came out outside of Oh okay. I don't know. Yeah cuz like those, those are the two most popular on their directing page on Letterboxd yeah. and when I go yeah, to yeah, them yeah. they're all like 
you know, three stars, two and a half star. Like it's a lot of like, you know, okay. future cops and high risk are a lot of like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah. No, they're way more. And I mean, Sydney Hunter is insane as well, but uh, I don't know. I would, I would have to rewatch it too. Like proper, like I, it's like probably one of the first Hong Kong movies I saw. And I was like, this yeah. is like nonsense on a level that I can't even, it's not even like registering anymore. The, the tone <laughs> is so, I don't know, all over the place. And I know it's a, a divisive movie, but when I watched it, I was like, there's something to this. I, I can't quite say what it is, but there's something to this. Um, yeah. But I think it's worth watching. Like, even if you don't really like it, there will be stuff where you're like, I'm, I'm sort of glad I saw that. So yeah. I, I say watch City Hunter maybe before God of Gamblers. God of Gamblers is a bit more, it definitely has like Wang Jing silliness, but okay. uh, it's also just about gambling and, you know, Chao Yun-Fat goes kind of like Rain Man-esque in it. Like he loses his memory. He's supposed to be this like elite <laughs> gambler, but then he loses his memory. And like, I feel like the, the entire like middle bulk of the movie is him just be, being like a Rain Man type of character. And I'm, I'm a huge Chow Yun-Fat fan and I like when he does comedy. So I enjoy that stuff. Even if it, it, there's like nothing pushing the movie forward anymore. Um, but yeah, I had fun with God of Gamblers. I watched some of the, like two of the sequels as well. I didn't really... Those didn't really do it for me um, because there's a bunch. It's like God yeah. of Gamblers. I don't know like how many. It might be like six, seven-ish, uh, but I did, I did not get that far. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so what 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 else did you watch? I oh, wanted to yeah. put. I wanted to watch High Risk and Future Cops and just get that out of the way. But um, what have you been mm-hmm. watching? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so uh, going on on Wang Jing, uh, just a tiny bit more. I watched a movie <laughs> that is not Wang Jing directed, but a movie that is, unmis- like, it's, let's see, I'm on the movies page now. So I watched a movie called A Chinese Torture Chamber Story uh, okay, from 1994, yeah. uh, directed by Bosco Lam Chi Ho. Um, so this is a movie, like, just based on the title, you're like, oh, this is a category three movie, you know? Yeah. It sounds uh, 18 plus, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> um, but this movie was produced by Wong Jing. And you can okay. tell. So it's it's not it's not a, a, a movie that I would put up there with like something like Ebola syndrome or untold story. The tone of the movie is is way lighter, even though it's called Chinese torture chamber story and okay there's torture in there but okay so um this movie is about it's sort of like a courtroom drama set in i don't know when china like uh it's it's a period piece and okay it's about a a woman who supposedly murdered her husband um but the courtroom um Basically, every time the the judge doesn't agree with what she says or someone else who's being accused of uh, being complicit in this uh, murder uh, of her husband, every time the judge disagrees with what they say, basically, or doesn't believe what they say, they torture them. And there's like different kinds of torture coming into play the entire time. Um, But but nothing too severe in tone, I will say. Like there's some like uh, they drag a guy with his knees like over some broken porcelain. But all you see is like just his 
his, his white pants get like bloody mm. and there's like a, a blood trail over the porcelain. Um, there's a bunch of nudity in this movie though, um, which I, I feel like if it's category three, it's mostly because of all the nudity in there. Um, mm. But this is a goofy ass movie. But watching this movie, like the first half hour or so, I was like, this is all right. This isn't doing a lot for me. It seems to be mostly like a, you know, like a, a soft ish Chinese um, period piece. But then all of a sudden there's a scene in the woods where two people are like, you know, wire work, having sex in the trees. <laughs> and it's, and I, I, I made yeah, a bunch you of, you shared a video, a clip. Uh, yeah. A I made it. I, I, I made a gif. <laughs> I made screenshots. I was watching this just, agape uh I, I could not believe my eyes like even explaining it i'm like i'm not doing it justice like you cannot do it just as explaining it you just have to yeah. see this movie or like go go check on my twitter if you want to know what i'm talking about um and then you will see some of the just like the dialogue out of context and that gif i made of like a guy doing like a they're doing like special moves they're like supposed to be like masters of sex and they're like <laughs> you, you know, like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, but yeah. then sped up, like in the trees, flying, but they're both naked and they're having sex, you know? Yeah. And from that I point mean, on, the movie... The gift that you did was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it it really is. It really is absolutely bonkers. And the, and from that point on, the, the, the tone remains on that level, I feel, because you learn more about the backstory who supposedly got killed. Uh, I think might be like the the, the people... Um, people in this movie that I knew myself fairly well. So the guy who gets murdered, her like the main uh, female character's husband, is played by Tommy Wong. And Tommy Wong, uh, most people will probably know him. He's like sort of a character actor. He would show up in Ringo Lam movies a lot as like a, a thug or a you know a, a police character, but never like the mm-hmm. main guy. He's just like. A face you will know because he has a, he has a very specific kind of uglyish like bulldoggy face. Um, but then you learn in the backstory uh, how he got killed, and it turns out it was like th- these aren't spoilers or anything. Um, it, it's uh, they gave him like uh, uh, an aphrodisiac that basically mm. made his dick explode, <laughs> literally in the movie. That's that's why you. You you don't see like fleshy you know parts flying, but his dick basically explodes. <laughs> and his character is known in the in the village as uh, the guy with the big dick. And it's a Wong Jing movie, so they really push that whole like yeah he has a yeah yeah he has a forty inch dick, and um, <laughs> you know you see him getting like a boner, and it's actually like an arm's length boner. You know, and at that point, you're like, I'm watching a movie called Chinese Torture Chamber Story, but this is such a goof that I'm like, uh, this has nothing to do with like, you know, torture porn movies, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, stuff like, uh, you know, like the Eli Roth stuff, like things that I am not into. Um, Yeah. But but this this turned out to be basically a a, a comedy with a whodunit aspect to it. So, yeah, I don't know. I really like this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, the the title may, might make you go like, ooh, Chinese torture stam- chamber story, you know. Um, not necessarily the thing I go for, but, yeah. but then I was recommended this movie and I had previously seen another movie by the director, Bosco Lanchiho, 
Um, the underground banker that I thought was pretty fun yeah, as well. I saw that you logged that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of in the universe of Dr. Lamb and the untold story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that one as well, I thought was more palatable than Dr. Lamb and the untold story. It has like a comedy aspect to it that I did not expect. I don't think Wang Jing had anything to do with that one. Um, but yeah, if you go to Chinese order chamber story and letterbox and you check like the the details you can see the studio is at least listed as like wang jing's workshop even though the crew is kind of okay bare bones it, it only has a director listed um but yeah if you can find this one it it's it might be on dvd but it might be hard to get uh it's a bit more of an obscure one there's like um friend of mine vanessa who works for the off-screen film festival in brussels she wanted to program this one for the oh. yeah for this year's uh, off-screen film festival because they did a bunch of like category three movies and this yeah. is this is one of her favorites and she was like but we could not get a proper print of this one so it, it was kind of a, like a missed opportunity um yeah yeah so i'm saying if you can find it i i, I recommend it and don't be afraid of the title <laughs> it's uh it's, it's like okay okay there's like torture scenes in there but it's so the tone of everything is so goofy and more light and playful so you know don't be afraid i say watch it nice <laughs> yeah nice yeah uh you got anything else you want to yeah. share Lay it on me so uh i'm gonna pivot away from the Please. category three to <laughs> uh, the exact opposite end of the spectrum with 1986's nobody's fool nice uh this is a Rosanna Arquette <laughs> and Eric Roberts movie Hell yeah. um, <laughs> direct, directed by Evelyn Purcell. And so I found this movie because uh, I was looking through thrillers and I had stumbled mm. upon a movie called uh, Borderline from from 2002. And I want to say mm. I clicked on the director's name and ended up on their page and saw that they had done a couple other kind of like thriller and action movies. But then I saw nobody's fool and it has this like eighties cover and, um, okay. Just looked like something that would be maybe up my alley. So I watch listed it and, and eventually got to it. And this has a DVD release. That's probably long out of print. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, that's where this one ends at just a DVD and a VHS, I believe. But, uh, so this was produced by Island Films. Um, they've done a lot of stuff like uh, Miracle Mile, I believe, and a mm. bunch of other um, like kind of cult items. And oh, okay, I see um, like Mare Winningham was in this. She was also yeah. in uh, Miracle Mile. Yeah, yeah. Mare Winningham is in this as well as uh, a couple other people that you'll recognize. Yeah, I've seen um, quite a bunch of names like uh, Louis Fletcher, Stephen Tobolowski. Uh, yes, yeah, Stephen Tobolowski. Totally. Um, and yeah, this is like a romantic comedy. I put this on just expecting this is going to be a very kind of like light mm-hmm. romantic comedy. Um, but, but actually what I got was, was yes, a romantic comedy, but it was very quirky and it was a lot darker than I thought it would be. Mm. Um, and it was written by Beth Henley, who wrote a film called Crimes of the Heart. Um, they were also like a playwright, and I think a couple of their movies oh, that they, they wrote also were based worked on, on plays. On True Stories, the, True uh, Stories, yeah, they wrote, they co-wrote that, yeah, yeah, with David Byrne. Cool. Um, and the and now I really want to see this movie, Miss Firecracker, with Holly Hunter and Tim Robbins mm-hmm. about like a beauty pageant. Yeah, I'm um, seeing that as well because because I really like Nobody's Fool. It's like. Um, 
part of me almost thought a little bit of better off dead because it's about this Mm. um, character Rosanna Arquette, who's like kind of, you know, an odd one out and she's kind of weird and keeps to herself a little bit, but she the John um, Cusack character then a little bit because there is a stretch of this movie where it's about her being like, I'm going to kill myself. And it just reminded me of how they like mine that for laughs and better off. He's hanging from the door and stuff. Yeah. I mean, just those scenes, like there's no animation or anything in this shit, but (laughs) (laughs) it just, well, it, it did remind me of that, like that kind of tone in those moments, but it's basically about Rosanna Arquette and her family. It's kind of, um, it's sort of touched upon that maybe there's like some mental health stuff going on in her family because she has a sister who's like kind of had a sort of uh, unexplained uh, mental break of some kind who's in the hospital and she's kind of lost it a bit. And her mom seems to be from what I could tell suffering from some kind of depression and she's sleeping a lot. And then Rosanna Arquette is like trying to hold this family together a little bit, but also seems to be sort of, um, kind of on edge and and flying you know from one end of the spectrum to the other in terms of like her emotional state and so this movie is very much about like people who are kind of fucked up trying (laughs) to like stumble through life because eric roberts as well is like a guy who kind of flies off the handle sometimes and he's really kind of he's a lot more grounded than he is in some of his performances where he's like really wild, but he's channeling that like Eric Roberts wildness into these little moments of his character where like he's driving around with Rosanna Arquette and he like loses control and she's like freaking out and he's like, no, 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 I got it. And he's like driving like, (laughs) like crazy. It's like (laughs) he, it's these two people who kind of fall for each other, but um, yeah, it's just this, this kind of like richly sketched movie about a small town and these cool. people and they, uh, Eric Roberts is like a, a theater group guy who's, he's like works on the sets for like a traveling Shakespeare theater group. And yeah, yeah, she yeah. goes and sees the thing and falls for him. But yeah, I, I just thought like, it's one of those movies where it's like, it wasn't, you know, the boilerplate rom-com. It was like, they took the boilerplate rom-com and then filled the edges with like, weird quirks and dark stuff like it gets sad and it gets kind of weird and that yeah, there's things like, in it that are so funny but it's not like a joke movie you know what i okay, mean okay okay yeah like a bit more of a yeah. n- nutritional uh yeah i really <laughs> i really liked it um sounds cool i, I really need to get yeah. to this like it's been on my radar just because uh like i was aware of this movie because i went on an eric roberts deep dive and especially like you know, he's doing so many movies these days. Like, I'm not really paying attention to everything that he does. But, like, yeah, early-ish yeah. career, Eric Roberts, definitely 70s, 80s, like, bit 90s. Um, and this one, like, 86. 86 is, like, yeah. I don't know. You know, like, prime stuff that I have seen is from, like, mid to late 80s. So, yeah, I- I'm definitely going to watch this. I don't know when, but I will watch this when I'm in the mood for something like this. And Yeah, totally. Um and it made me, I want to go watch Crimes of the Heart and Miss Firecracker. Mm-hmm. And I would be interested to see what else Evelyn Purcell did. Like a couple of their other movies look oddly like, like they did Heat Stroke in 2013, which looks like an action movie. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like their career was a little all over the place. They yeah, only did, like I think, it, yeah. four features. But yeah, I am interested to see what else they did as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. If you want something kind of quirky, but weird and and good. Nobody's Fool, 1986. Check it out. Cool. I'm gonna. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that you watched? Uh, Movie-wise, not really a ton. Like, I've just been mainlining Tokusatsu still. I'm, I'm like, watching the nice. original Ultraman show from 66. And uh, if, you, if you don't know what Ultraman is, uh, <laughs> just, I don't know, like, I, I, I won't go too deep into it, but it's, it's really, really good. <laughs> Sweet. So, yeah, Ultraman came from Ultra Q, which was this Twilight Zone-esque uh, show in Japan. And they followed it up with sort of a similar thing, like especially like this first series, Ultraman, still feels quite Twilight Zone-y. But mm-hmm. you, just like in Ultra Q, you had Kaiju, and now you have Kaiju as well, but you've got this like main... Um, you've got a squad of like the science uh, patrol. It's like five people and one of them, his secret identity that gets set, uh, set up in the first episode is Ultraman. So he can become Ultraman okay. at points, but he can only do it for a limited time. And it's always for the end of the episode when he fights a big monster. So there's that like f- sort of a, like a formulaicness to it that seeps into it, okay. which wasn't present in ultra q like ultra q every episode was like entirely different other than like the three main investigators sort of journalist characters um okay ultraman in itself is like it sets the template for everything that would come after because we were watching ultra seven uh with the crowd body sc- uh, screenings yes, in the pre-show yeah. um and ultra seven is the third show so it follows this original ultraman show that i am watching now um, nice and yeah i don't know i recommend it if you have any sort of interest in like even if you're a godzilla person gamera whatever if you're into like kaiju like old practical effects like japanese stuff uh, ultraman is like right up your alley you will 100 enjoy this um and i'm I, honestly like i'm almost done I, I i started a couple of days ago there's 39 episodes i've seen 22 now um yeah i i, I have nothing but praise for Ultraman. Mm-hmm. I thought I don't know. Like I, I never had super uh, a lot of awareness about what Ultraman was, other than knowing, yeah, it's like a Japanese su- superhero, I guess. But I don't know anything about it. And then you get into the show, and it's it's different than you expect because the focus isn't so much on Ultraman and the monsters he fights. But I feel like the like the main uh, cast of like the five science patrol characters the sssp they're called mm. all are very distinct and have their own quirks and it's it's mostly like for them that i find it worth watching because they're very fun to like be around and i wasn't expecting that in a more um yeah i don't know like i feel like if i i, I intend to when i finish this to start re-watching by myself ultra 7 and i might be watching it in a different way because I know yeah. sort of the template better now. Like I think when I started watching Ultra Seven, I was enjoying those episodes in the pre-show, but there were moments where I was like, yeah, I'm not sure. Like I had different expectations of what an Ultraman show might be. I always thought it might be more about like I don't know, like nonstop superhero Ultraman focus on 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 that character specifically, but. Um, I mean, you've seen like a dozen or so Ultra 7 episodes as well. So you, yeah. you can say it's like, uh, like especially that uh, that one episode, I think it was like episode eight, did some really kooky yeah. stuff. 
Um, that was, yeah, I remember a couple of those episodes mm-hmm. were just so cool yeah. and, and how they were directed and yeah, they, really neat. Yeah. yeah sometimes there would be an episode that even in this original Ultraman show, like the guy that directed that episode we're talking about now in Ultra 7, he also directed a bunch in the original Ultraman. Every time he directs okay. an episode, you can tell, like, it's not always necessarily, um, sometimes it, it might be the cinematography, but sometimes it might be like a subversive, uh, mm like just a subversion of the 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 more formulaic episodes that are just like i don't know you're you're some monsters and figure it out but then yeah uh, one episode will be about like uh yeah these kids were drawing a monster on a, a on a huge concrete pipe and then there was some shift in the space-time continuum <laughs> uh, and the monster became real and it's this super goofy simple looking spongy monster and basically the message of the episode is Ultraman kills the kids' imagination monsters. Yeah. Which is sort of like commentary on, yeah, you're watching a show that's sort of aimed at kids as well. And he sometimes, sometimes Ultraman just straight up shows up and he kills what I consider to be like quite a cute, ugly monster. And I'm kind yeah. of conflicted. I'm like, yeah, I love the, like the monster fights, but sometimes I feel a bit sorry for him. And then there's this episode that that's, <laughs> self-aware about it i was like whoa this is i don't know this show is doing some interesting yeah. stuff and i yeah um yeah i, I said i wasn't going to say much about ultraman but i keep going on because i'm like very <laughs> excited watching it now and yeah if, if you've seen any kind of interest in ultraman um yeah check it out and, and let us know nice. if you're watching it as well uh, or yeah. have seen it and you know um on uh on a similar topic uh hmm. I'm going to do what I did last time, which is like, while we're wrapping up, I'm going to ask you some questions about <laughs> these types of shows. Sure. Uh, ha- have you, you, you said you had watched some of the metal hero hero stuff or no? Yeah. You know, like I started with Gavon, which you've also seen, like, yeah. I don't know, like two or three episodes of. Yes. I've seen a few okay, yeah. of the first. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I gave the, the, like the, the original trilogy of space sheriff shows is like, Gavon, yeah. then comes Sharivan, then comes Scheider. Sh- I've yeah. seen five, six episodes of Sharivan. I've seen one episode of Scheider, but I could tell like in both shows, these are just trying to be Gavon, but failing at it. Okay. You no, know, not necessarily bad, but I'm like, I don't know. I can be watching Gavon again. This is like, yeah. <laughs> I, I found I found it skippable. And, okay. But I am watching now the fourth show in that series of Metal Hero, Heroes called Jaspion. Um, okay. It it's definitely not as good as Gavon. There's like episodes, like of the entire forty six episode run. I will say there's like fifteen episodes you can lose easily. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is quite a bit, but you know, they're not necessarily bad episodes, but they, okay. you will not remember them probably. Um, but there are things about Jaspion that I really enjoy. Like I, I really enjoy like the main, uh, uh, the duo of like the space, sort of like the space sheriff character. They don't call him a space sheriff anymore. Like the series has moved on <laughs> to, uh, different things. Um, he's a mega beast inspector, special mega beast inspector. Yeah. Which sort of sort of also insinuates that you know every episode is going to have a kaiju, which is that wasn't the case in Gavon. They're sort of like yeah. switching that up a bit. Um, the show also isn't trying to be Gavon, which I appreciate it. Uh, nice. I was looking for that next show that did something different with the same okay. sort of aesthetic, and it definitely does. Yeah. Um, okay. I, really, I don't know why I didn't think of the. I forgot that the 
the Metal Hero series started with um, Galvan. Galvan, yeah. I don't, I don't know why. Okay, I, weird. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's so weird because when I asked you that, I was like, oh, yeah, of course you have. You watched like a bunch of it. Oh, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you is because I uh, was looking for some stuff to watch tonight before time I minutes. put on Cop Rock. Oh, okay, <laughs> on time okay. Yeah. And I, uh, I think I'm going to watch the first episode of Blue Swat from 1994 oh, yeah, i like haven't seen that one yet because a metal hero thing but like i guess it's supposed to be a little bit more for adults <laughs> yeah i don't know it might so. be uh yeah that's one of the later shows uh blue yeah. I, I, like i feel yeah i don't know i guess they're all sort of like cop police yeah, investigator yeah. teamed kind of but that's why i was thinking of it and also because i did read that it said like when it started they were trying to be like okay it's a little bit less for children it's mm-hmm. like you know there's a lot more like martial arts and gunplay or whatever it's definitely and then different yeah. i think i think they take it uh, the wikipedia said like but then kids didn't like it so then they got sillier as it went on <laughs> yeah i know like some of the like the last two shows in the metal heroes saga or whatever you want to call it they are 100 aimed at kids you've got like cute uh you know very cutesy <laughs> characters that i don't know like, like there's one like sort of cutesy character in just beyond but it's the kind of cutesy where it's like it's also very much a side character like it barely matters but it's always like on the on in, in the background so it's yeah. like ugly mac and me et thing <laughs> i want to call it uh with like spikes oh was that that thing that you sent a picture yeah of yeah yeah to... exactly yeah. That thing. Uh, <laughs> and i said it looked like grogu yeah 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 that thing <laughs> that was amazing yeah, yeah just just because it's pretty good like uh i know some people who aren't too hot on it and i'm like i i can see why but yeah but also the music is really good again like that's something like going into sharivan and shider i was like Where's where are like the the Gavon jams? I, 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 yeah, where's the jams? Yeah, <laughs> that's something like most of the other Tokusatsu shows that I've been getting into. Um, I don't know, it's different. Like the Metal Hero Heroes, like uh, in this era in the eighties, seems to have this patent on like you know, get your blood pumping, Rocky kind of like <laughs> Rocky music, you know? Yeah, um, definitely cheesy, but I don't know. I've I've, I've caught like even Michelle. Uh, she's not into that stuff like 80s and uh, mm-hmm. the whole era. And, uh, but even she's like, man, this is a jam. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So that was, what did we talk about today? We talked about a bunch of stuff, uh, a bunch of Wong Jing movies. Yeah. Go check them out. Yeah, uh, nobody's fooled. We talked about, uh, yeah, the Chinese. What was the yeah, Chinese torture chamber? Chinese torture I mean, chamber. That's sort of like Wang Jing. Uh, yeah, adjacent talk. Sorry, nobody's fool. Yep. A bunch of uh, tokusatsu. A bunch of tokusatsu stuff. Yep. So check it all out. Remember to go to credbuddies.club, uh, join the Discord, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at ykmd underscore. That's where I am. Also on Letterboxd, if you want to find me there and see what we are logging. Uh, Carlo is Carlo Go Carlo on Twitter on and Le- Twitter. Letterboxd. I'm Psycho Pike. Psycho Pike and and yeah, get in the Discord. Ask us questions about the things that you want us to talk about, or just tweet at us some questions. Yeah. We'll answer I mean, them. Tweet anytime. It doesn't yeah. have to, like you don't have to wait for yeah. a prompt. Like if you yeah, just want to ask some stuff, us. go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, we'll see you later, alligator. Until the next cruddy time. Same cred station.
You got it. Backdashroad.com. Yep. (laughs) Bye. Bye.